Hello, you're listening to Home Talk with Greg McKim on Tuesday, October 15th. Welcome. This is Greg McKim, your host. And if you're wondering about the show, the first time you've, you've ever tuned in, welcome. The show is about just about anything related to owning a home. In, for instance, buying, selling, mortgage financing, insurance, maintenance, remodeling, new construction, rental properties, flipping, single-family homes, you name it. If it's related to a home, we talk about it. So how do I know enough to talk about all those things? Well, I don't, but I have a lot of guests who do, and I have some background in this industry. For instance, I've worked in real estate-related industries since the late 70s, experience including everything from swinging a hammer and owning a mortgage company. I am currently a licensed mortgage broker, have been since 2009, with Rockwell Realty, where a boutique form based about company that is, based out of Ballard. And I'm a licensed loan originator with, here's the surprise news, Eric, two companies now. See, I told there was going to be a surprise. Moonlighting. Day. Moonlighting, no. <laughs> so the, my, people have tuned in before. You might recall that I'm a licensed loan originator with Loanzilla, where a boutique, again, smaller mortgage broker here in Kirkland. The company NMLS number is 67412. My loan origination license number or loan originator license number is 106202. So here's the change when I said now that I'm with two companies, I am making a transition. Now I've been part owner of Loanzilla now since about 2011. And I've liked it a lot. My partner Rick and I are, you know, attached at the hip. But I was offered an opportunity to go work and manage the mortgage division for another company that I just couldn't pass up. Just fits my personality right now. And that company is Legacy Group Capital. We're here in Bellevue, Washington. The license number, by the way, poor listeners, this is required, is nine nine zero four five Legacy Group Capital. We're going to talk about them a little bit today. And if you'd like to call in during the show, you can reach me, reach me at 425-373-5527. Again, that's 425-373-5527. Or you can reach me to talk about any home-related issue. And if I don't know an answer, I'll find one for you from the vast network of contractors, remodelers, stagers, attorneys, home appraisers, home inspectors that I've dealt with for years. And my direct cell line is 206-250-6545. Again, my mobile, 206-250-6545. Or you can email me at my new email, and that is gregm, G-R-E-G-M, at legacyg.com, L-E-G-A-C-Y-G.com. And the website is LegacyG.com. So, before I talk about this transition to Legacy, i got to talk about something else, something I've never talked about on air before. Very personal, but very exciting. I'm going to ask you, Eric, because we're going to have a conversation a little bit about it. That's the other All surprise. Right. Two surprises. <laughs> very okay. good. Have you ever heard of an organization called Landmark Worldwide and the Landmark Forum? You know, I, I could be confusing them with another company, but... Uh, it sounds familiar to me. So the familiarity, what do you know about the organization? Not much. <laughs> so, it's, you know, other than it sounds like a name that you may have heard. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
So it's going to be very difficult for me to put into words exactly what the organization's about, but I'm going to do my best, okay? And if anybody's interested, I highly encourage you to look it up online. They're based in Ballard. They're an international company, Landmark Worldwide. So I went through a seminar that they, they offer, which was three straight days um, a week ago this last Sunday, and it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday from 9 in the morning till 10 at night, and you think, why in the world would I do something like that? And I am just still bouncing off the roof. Or ceiling, or which is it? I, I went through the ceiling on the roof, and I'm bouncing <laughs> off the roof. You're bouncing around. I'm then. bouncing around. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. People are wondering when I'm going to come down. It was the most life-affirming, transformational, what other cliches can I come up with? Life-altering experience I've ever been involved in. I, <laughs> I, I, my entire perspective on everything I do in life, how I relate to people, what I feel, think, is a quantum leap ahead of where I was before I went in on Friday. And I resisted. On Friday, I was one of the first people to stand up and start being cynical about it. And Friday night, I almost didn't go back based on my experience that, that, that evening and that day. But I stuck with it, and boy, am I glad I did. Saturday morning, I had a revelation that just shook my world about who I am and how I approach my life. I'm going to get personal about this stuff because it's so important. You remember I've talked to you a little bit before about I've suffered for 40 years with this chronic fatigue syndrome. You ever heard me talk about it with you? Yeah, I, I think you've mentioned that. Yeah, but, you know, I always found that hard to believe because you seem so energetic, right? So energetic, such a happy-go-lucky guy, <laughs> uh, always on your game. So I, I was really surprised to hear that. Well, for you, you see me for one hour, right? Well, that's true. <laughs> you could be just pounding every, every cups of coffee weeks, yeah. for an hour before you come in and do the show. I but, don't uh, drink coffee, actually. Or, but, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't. But Okay, so <laughs> chronic fatigue syndrome, it's an interesting affliction because there are so many different theories about whether it's physiological or whether it's psychological, the combination of the two. I've suffered from it in waves off and on since I was 20. And the challenge was, is I always said to myself, you know, it doesn't identify me. You know, when I'd crash for like two or three days and could hardly function, I was comatose. It's, it did. I, I, I revolved my life around it in a lot of ways. Saturday morning, I came to a way, I, I just, I figured out a way not to do that anymore. It's so liberating. I know, and, and whether or not I'm tired or not is irrelevant to me right now. Huge shift in my life. I had another realization about the way that I deal with intimate relationships, that I've, I've known about how I deal with them in a way that's not healthy for me and, and ultimately not healthy for both people, Eric. I knew, I've known about the way I deal with this, for, and I knew the cause of it since my 20s because I've explored my own condition and you know, ways to be a better person for as long as I can remember through all kinds of different modalities, you know, therapy, books, you name it. On Sunday, it just a way of looking at it was just shifted so crystal clear vastly improved way of, of dealing with things that really just o- opened up so many doors with how I relate with people, especially right now my ex-fiance, who we're still starting to figure out if we can be together, and it was just monumental. So every area of my life. Now, one of the interesting things about it is that people say, well, what happened? What did you do in there? You know, yeah. Is it religious? Is it, is it a cult? Is it? I'd say it's nothing like you've ever done. Hmm. Um, they, they call it the study of ontology, which is the study of being. You know, what, is it, what does it mean to be? 
your yourself is a way to put it. But I'm going to add a little bit or, or elaborate or extend upon this a little bit. Okay, so there's about a group of about 80 people. There's a coach who leads you through it. And what I loved is right away one of the first things she said, Eric, was I don't have any answers. Landmark doesn't have any answers. If anybody tells you they have an answer, run. It's not about giving you answers. So you shouldn't go seeking answers. No, it's just that that's not the whole, that's not the that's not the format hmm. of what they do. You don't come here and learn the you know all the secrets of life. Okay. Instead, they they give you tools, exercises, and in an environment where you learn how to deal with your humanness. In my way, I like to put it more effectively. So let me put it this way. So we had the three days in a row, and they're long days. You know, like with breaks and stuff, you're in there, you're sitting in your butt for like ten hours. Three days, and then on yeah. Tuesday night you have a three-hour wrap-up, and they encourage people to come up in front of the room and share with a microphone. And I did it, and I explained, you know, because people are going, "Oh, this happened to me. This happened to me." And my comment was, and everybody agreed with this: nothing in my life has changed. I got up Tuesday morning. One of my dogs had peed and pooed in the kitchen. The cat had puked downstairs. I was running late. It was just, you know, the typical stuff, right? Nothing was going right, and it's the kind of stuff that used to just drive me up the wall, or I, but. Life is exactly the same as it was before, Eric, but my relationship to it is different. Okay. Another way I like to put it is, I don't know if you have looked much into Buddhist teachings. I kind of call it Buddhism on steroids. That's, my, <laughs> that's the way I, I describe it. I don't think anybody at the, at the landmark describes it. I'm just it picturing that. the Dalai Lama, yeah. like, totally <laughs> jacked now. Yeah, but. It's like he's like, <laughs> it down, he's like got roids going. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> but um, another really interesting thing about it was let, it just let down so many walls and barriers. So I'm in this group of 80 people. That I, I don't think, no, I never met any of them before. These are some of my best friends now after three days. It's a, now, for me, it was just it worked. It might not work for Eric. might not work for the person who's listening right now. But I'd say of all the things I've ever encountered or done to improve my life, the people around me, to have a perspective on the world that I thought was healthy and constructive, this is the best for me. And I encourage anybody that's thinking about it. I'm not trying to recruit. I don't represent Landmark. But I highly encourage anybody who's interested in what I'm saying, check it out. And it's dirt cheap. For those three days, it was only 725 bucks, And that gives you 10 more weeks of three-hour sessions that are three times a month for the next four months included to implement things. I've, I've been around a lot of different business coaching seminars and and things. I mean, I know people. I've done it, but I've not spent this much. But you know, twenty thousand dollars for things like this that are very similar, and you know, trying to help you get over your own challenges and get out of your own way and be more positive, things like that. Seven hundred twenty-five bucks. I don't even know how they can pay the bills. So, anyways, now a little background. This this organization, Landmark Worldwide, is an extension of something that was founded in the nineteen seventies called EST. E S T. I did take the S training in 1978 when I was 20 years old. And I had the same sort of experience, but I didn't follow through on it. And I look back now, and I, oh, I wish I'd done that. But this was more transformational, probably because I got 40 years on my younger self, or 41 years, just to you know, go through some of the things you go through in life. Anyways, it's, it's incredible. If anybody's listening right now, wants to ask me for some very specific questions, you can reach the number here at 425-373-5527. Again, 425-373-5527. Or off-air, 206-250-6545. That's my mobile. By the way, 
I'm not going to try and talk anybody into doing this. I know some people, when they hear somebody really excited about something, they think it's going to be, I don't know. No, it's not my intention. It's just to share it. Now, I am going to share two very profound, well, one really profound story. And this was told, this was the person that, 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 that shared this with the group gave me permission to do this. I won't use his name, but he did give me permission to do it. If anybody ever want to ask, you can contact him. So he's a young man, maybe in his early 30s, who had been in Afghanistan and um, witnessed horrible atrocities. I won't get into all of them, but they're just absolutely blood-curdling. And he had, had severe PTSD, suicidal, medications, you name it. I watched the coach at Landmark. I don't want to say this because it sounds so almost grandiose. I'm not sure that's the right word. I watched her fix him in 20 minutes. He would attest to that. His life, I, I sat down to him with him Friday morning right next to me. Sunday night was like talking to a different human being. I've never seen anything so effective at healing human trauma. It's remarkable. By the way, it's nothing they've come up with that's really brand new. A lot of things that you've heard and thought of before, because we all do. We live, right? We, go, we come across things. It's just incredibly effective way to do it. The environment they create, the way they present it, how, they're, how, how, how the, the group is such a healing community. Phenomenal. So that was, remember I told you I had two different things to share with you than I normally do. Today it wasn't about, you know, APR. and <laughs> it's, about, it's about Greg floating around. <laughs> Do you have any questions? No, this is this is interesting, and I'm I'm excited to see you so excited about something. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you have any questions, you can always ask. So, what I'm going to do now is talk a little bit more about uh, the new company I went to work for. We'll talk about that probably in the next 20 minutes or so, and then I'll just maybe ad hoc some things unless I unless I have enough material here. So, who is Legacy Group Capital? Let me back into this a little bit. I used to own a mortgage company, another one before the one I partners in right now. And one of the uh, loan originators that worked for me, his name is Drew, um, he and I have stayed friends. And three or four months ago, we were talking about his new company, Legacy. And he said, you know, the owner, Scott, would really like to meet with you. I said, okay. And we had lunch. And then he, what he wanted to do is he wanted to feel me out to see if I'd be willing to come to work there. Well, um, Legacy, Scott has been in the mortgage business about 30 years. And um, he, had the lar- he had the largest... Excuse, excuse me, this, the 35th largest independent mortgage brokerage firm in the United States for a while here in this area called Legacy Mortgage. He had about 400 loan originators, who, and he sold that company in 2013 to W.J. Bradley. So it's gone. But in 2007, he, he and a couple other people founded a private capital group. So what is that? You might recall, Eric, a couple, a couple weeks ago, I had a person on from California, from Athos Capital. Same yeah. sort of thing they do. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what Legacy does is they, since 2007, they raise money for, from individuals like me and you. You have to be an accredited investor, which means you have to meet certain criteria that are set by regulatory agencies. I, I forget the net worth and so forth. And you have a minimum $50,000 investment. They take that money and they invest that money primarily in construction and bridge loans and rehab loans in the greater Seattle area. So you have a contractor, Eric, who just cannot put together the financing because banks won't do it. There's a number of companies out there, I'm very familiar with them, who will do that type of thing at a higher interest rate. So why would a builder do that? Because there's no other way they can put the transaction together. And even though the rate's higher, 
the profit from the transaction makes it worthwhile. So Legacy funds that kind of thing, and they started in 2007, and since the fund's inception, they've averaged right around a 12% return on the money. That's a good investment. Yeah. 2007, 2008, they did 12.2% annualized return in those two years, which you might remember were a little bit tough for everybody. Yeah. They've never had a loss in their portfolio. Now, if you compare that over time to, I mean, I, I, I'm somewhat promoting this, but it's not a security, so if, um, I'm not violating any laws. I will say this, though, from, I have a securities background. Past performance is no indicator of future. Right, <laughs> so, of course. And, you know, yeah. it, they could lose everything tomorrow, unlikely, but it could happen. So let's take um, over the last um, 20 years, if you took the annualized return by different asset classes, your annualized return for, say, the, the, um, for REITs, which are called real estate investment trusts, is 9.9%. Gold, 7.7%. Oil, 7 S&P 500, 5.6%. Uh, bonds, 4.5%. Homes, like we own a home appreciation, 3.4%. And they have averaged not quite as long a period, 20 years, but they've been in you know, 13 years uh, or 12 years, 12. It's pretty good. So why am I working there? So, you know, I have this background in building homes. I have this background in real in, in securities, background in real estate and run a mortgage company. Yeah. Now, Scott decided to grow his little mortgage part division a little bit, and it was just needed some improvement. And so I'm really excited about it because I know what we can do for builders. So any of you builders or investors out there, I'm going to give you a couple, couple ways that they can do things. So let's just say that you come across a transaction that you just that, that you're you're already in, got your money wrapped up in two or three projects and you don't have any cash, but you have a good track record. You can prove that you you perform that you you come in on time on budget and so forth. Now I'm not saying you could do this. Every every individual case has to be underwritten by Legacy, but an example of the kind of things they will do. So you come in and say I don't have any money, but I want to buy this because I know I can make money off it. I know it's a it's it's a good deal for me. So Legacy potentially could finance, say, 70% of it with one of their first mortgage liens, and then one of their investors would step in and bring in the other 20 to 30% and equity share with you. So you're in it for $0. Now, there's not a lot of places that can do that kind of thing. They have tons of flexibility on, on different types of transactions that they can put together. Why am I excited about that? Because a lot of my clients want to expand and diversify their portfolios outside of stocks, bonds, that kind of thing. They're nervous about how to invest in real estate. They don't know how to do it, but here's a fund they could put their money in and benefit from the real estate market. And 12%, as you mentioned earlier, Eric, not bad. Yeah, no, that's a great return. Yeah. Now, it's a minimum two-year two requirement that you have to be in because they have to have those funds there. If you back out during that two-year period, you could be charged a penalty. They've never done that to anybody, but they reserve the right to. Here's the primary reason there I'm there. After I met with Scott and talked to him for several hours, I asked him point blank. I said, why are you doing this? You know, you're, you could retire tomorrow and never have to work in your life. And he gave me kind of the standard answers, Eric. Like, ah, I love building new things. I love creating stuff. I kept pushing him. And he looked me directly in the eye and says, because I like to lift people up. And that's the kind of person I want to work with. So that's another reason why I'm so excited right now. It's an environment where the people are really great to work with. And of course, for you builders or any investors out there listening to this, 
That's one of the reasons I'm so proud to be involved with them. If you come in and you talk to us about putting together a project, I know they're going to take care of you. I know they're going to do right by you. And I've worked with a lot of different mortgage entities in my life. Most of them don't really care. Most of them really don't treat customers like this company does. They develop relationships. They have a meeting. This is really directed to the, to the builder market. Anybody that's driving around in their truck and they're listening to me right now, they have a meeting every Friday morning. And out of, they work with about 100 builders on a routine basis, 50 of them really close-knit. And about maybe 20 of those come in every Friday morning, and they sit around, they just round table. They talk about projects they're working on, how they need some help. They might say, hey, can you go on this with me? It's a collaborative effort. Uh, Legacy does the books for 30 of those 50 builders completely. So the book, the, they don't have to hire a separate bookkeeper. They do pay a small fee to Legacy, but it's very reasonable when you look at it compared to other bookkeeping services. So why is that cool? Here's why, Eric. So if you're a builder and you need money from a bank, it doesn't matter if you go to Legacy or one of their competitors. Every time you do it, you got to apply for the loan. If you're one of the builders at Legacy who their books, they do the books, they already know what your position is. You can have an answer today. Well, they do it on your finances. It's amazing. I'll give you another example of stuff they do. It's just blown my mind because I've been around this for a long time. I have a client that had a piece of commercial property. It was actually a residential property over on Crown Hill that had been upzoned. You know, you've heard about the upzoning in Seattle where they, they change a, the density from single family to higher density where you can put in townhomes and retail and things. And uh, they had a project, and they had it, they had it in contract, and then the, literally the day it was going to close, the buyer walked out. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Left $98,000 of earnest money and walked away. So my, my, my client came to me. I'm working with them on other transactions. I'm not, I wasn't doing that listing on that commercial. That's not something I do. And um, so they said, can you find a buyer for me? So I walk into Legacy. Now, usually, figuring things out like that, like what's the value of that property, how many homes could you build on it, townhomes, Eric? What kind of utilities? I, I don't even know where to start. It's like it's just like trying to climb Mount Everest. Somebody prepared a complete analysis of that property for me in 30 minutes, right down to how many units you could put on it, what size they'd be, what they might look like, what the sewer connections would be, everything. Everything. They have the people there to do that, people that have worked in the permitting departments of the county and the city, people that have engineering backgrounds. I, I always just stand there with my mouth, because they told me they could do this. I was just standing there with my mouth, just, huh? Uh, what? I figured it must take him eight hours. Because I said, well, how long does it take? And he thought I meant how long does he work every day? He said eight hours. I said, oh, yeah. No, you mean this? 30 minutes. It was unbelievable. And then he said, this is what we'd pay for it if we were going to do this project, because we do some real estate developing, too. So I don't know how many people listening to this right now are as excited as me, but if you're a builder or a developer or want to be in the investment business of real estate, this is an amazing organization to talk to, lots of experience, lots of resources to help you, and I can you know, take you to the right person. I am not the person you want to talk to, Boo, about selling your commercial real estate or putting together a development, but the people in my office are. I'm the guy you want to talk to about doing a residential home loan or buying or selling a residential property. I know a few things about that. So I have this fancy shareholder meeting um, pamphlet in front of me that, that Legacy put together. They had the shareholder meeting last Tuesday, and I was going to um, go ahead and read through a lot of really dry, boring stuff, but um, I think that I would cause a couple people, if they're driving their car, to fall asleep, and I don't want to cause any accidents. Um, I will say that right now, 
We are interested in getting new investors because we're growing and we're looking for new builders. We like we like the idea of growing. Um, by the way, the fund is approved by the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, which is a regulatory body that you, you, you can't be doing this stuff without having credentials. Um, we have, as I mentioned earlier, without getting too repetitive or redundant, a team of people that are just, just I've never unmatched. I've never seen anything quite like it. Um, over the last 13 years, we've funded $520 million in loans, and it's grown. Uh, in 2008, it was $6 million. 2019, we've done $127 million. In the first year they were in business, they raised $7 million in capital. This September, they raised $7 million in capital. They're doing something right. Now, as far as the mortgage side of it goes, we work with lenders I worked with at LoanZilla, and we're super competitive, just like LoanZilla was. So we're going to be... In the, if you're looking at, we're probably in the top 10% as far as being competitive, maybe top 20%. And what I find, Eric, is that most customers want something that's competitive, but they want it to be matched with service, integrity, somebody you can get a hold of that makes, helps you make good decisions. Because, as you know, lowest price isn't always the best deal. True. We all look for value. We compare value you know, a price-service combination, right? So we have the same lenders that I worked with when I'm with LoanZilla. Um, so some people say, well, what's going to happen if the real estate market goes bad? Well, 2007 through 2012, they did fine. They're in the 12% range. Hmm. If you find good transactions, things are okay. Yeah. And they, they, they basically launched the company at the worst time you possibly could, <laughs> 2007. Now, one of the things that makes them unique is that they... By the way, when yeah. is the market going to go bad? Oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> I love that question because I, I, you know, I'd like to know oh, so I can, you know, wait to buy and buy the stuff when it's bad, when it's a good price, and maybe not sell when it's yeah. Maybe next show I'll bring my oh. crystal ball. In. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I keep that thing hidden just in, you know I don't want to overuse it because I've only right. you know I've only got a limited amount of of, of, of viewings I guess you might say. Uh, one of the reasons why Legacy is so so um, successful is that they limit the market they work in. They know Seattle. That's where we work, greater Seattle. People here that have grown up here have worked the real estate industry here. And, you know, when you start going out looking for that great deal in Idaho, Oregon, we are licensed in those states, but that's primarily for residential home loans. But if you start chasing the deals and you don't know the market, that's when you can get in trouble. By the way... Um, the Seattle, <laughs> Seattle, people say, well, when is the top coming? I happen to have flipped to the page, Eric, about that, right when you said that. It was totally serendipitous. Um, so since 2010, Seattle's population's increased by 18.7%, which is the fastest growth rate of the 50 largest cities in the United States. Now, there's obviously challenges that are faced with that. Absolutely. How, I forget, did you grow up in this area? I well, it depends on what you mean by growing up. Well, I mean, we're, we're, yeah, I've been here for you know twenty plus years. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I basically was raised in in, in Bothell, so I've watched it go from you know, little town, slow kind of to just everything's crazy. And there's, yeah, I, 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 sometimes I have some nostalgia for the days when I could drive down four or five and not see any other cars. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah, the day that I took my mom's. 65 Buick Skylark, and I went as fast as I could on, on 405 in the dark, and there's nobody there. And uh, I, I don't know what I did. It was you know, way over the speed limit. 
but I think the, the statute of limitations has run out. So I think I was fingers off, crossed. Yeah, 110 or something. That was like you know 17, 18. Isn't it amazing yeah. that isn't it amazing that young people live after you give them car keys? It is amazing. <laughs> what are some of the things you've done that you just can't believe you made it through? Oh well, you know you're you're talking about one of them. Not on 405, but you know I've definitely went way faster than I should have with my first car. Yeah. Uh, oh man! And eventually, you figure out what the heck am I doing? <laughs> There's no reason for this. I had a mo- I had you a know. 350 Honda, and I you remember Kentucky. Well, of course, Kentucky Fried Chicken still around. So I I used to be the assistant manager of the Lake City Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mm-hmm. And when I wanted to leave there and go home, I would go as fast as I could down Lake City Way, and did things that, you know, if my mom knew about, it, she'd still be crying. Well. I was doing, you know, 70 in a 30 zone, going between cars, that kind of thing. Right. I got pulled over by a cop. He threw me in the back seat of his car, Ooh. put handcuffs on me, and wow. turned around in the seat and said, you know, kid, I've, stri- I've scraped guys like you off the pavement. Mm-hmm. Made me sit in jail all night and think about it. And it actually changed my behavior. So wherever you are, that guy, whoever did that, thank you. I wish I could find him and shake his hand. I didn't hug him. Give him a big hug and yeah. say, thank you. Because who knows, the next time I might have been the guy that you were shoveling off. Yeah, David. for me, it, it was just, uh, you know, a few speeding tickets. Yeah. That was enough motivation to go, hey. Well, I didn't have any know. before that. Right. And it was, you know, it was also interesting to spend a night in jail. Yeah. I imagine. <laughs> Thankfully, I've never been there, but I imagine that would be interesting. Yeah, you know, the next day when they did the arraignment, or however they do that, where they, you know, decide what your, 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 your penalty is going to be. My mom was there sitting there, and when... The officer came up and started describing to the judge what happened. She did break down in tears. And I felt just so about as small as a human being could feel, right? Sure. And the judge, because I, I was contrite, and I thanked the guy there, and I said, you're right. It was stupid. So he, he knocked it down from reckless to negligent driving because he, he said, this will save you a bunch of insurance. But um, it was it was an interesting experience. So we got off on a tangent. Oh, yeah, we're talking about growth in Seattle and yes, what yeah. it was like when you could drive. Now we're talking about personal growth in a way. <laughs> personal you know? growth in a way, so yeah. It all ties in. That's correct. So um, people say, well, what's going to happen in Seattle if the, um, you know, if we have a recession, that sort of thing? I don't know. I can say that the Seattle home market, it's slowed down. I've talked about this. Every time I have the show and somebody asks me this question, I say, I don't know. But overall, the likelihood of us having a dip like we did in 7 and 8 is really, really slim. Could happen, though. Things that I have never, you know, back then I didn't know, right? So... I think, and this is an old refrain, Eric, that you'll hear me say every single time. If you buy a home and you're concerned about the home value as an investment, just plan on keeping it 10 years. 10 years or longer, you're going to be okay. Five to 10 years, it's a little bit risky. One to five years, might as well go to Vegas. Because when it swings and the costs of getting in and out of it are so high, being non-liquid, it's not good. So that's my answer. Every time it's a pat answer, I'm sorry it's not a little bit more you know, of an of a answer answer. But remember... Remember this, Eric. If somebody gives you the answer, what do you do? <laughs> I think you got to question it. Run away. <laughs> yeah. Run away. So um, now this this shareholders meeting pamphlet I have here. Of course, I'm not going to read every single thing to you. But if you're an investor and you're thinking and you're thinking, where can I put my money that's going to be safe and secure for a two year period? Oh, CD. What's the return on those right now? Like what two percent or something like that. Two, uh, how two about and a half, the maybe. yeah? How about the legacy? If you know legacy group fund twelve, again no guarantee. It's not FDIC sure. insured. 
past performance is no no indication of future. If you're interested in it, look into it. Yeah. Understand it. They'll give you the books. They'll show you their portfolio. They'll show you how they manage it. You can meet with the partners. You can talk about how they do it. But it's an exciting place to be. And why am I there again? Because of those three words, lifting people up. That's one of my credos, if you will. How can I help my clients accomplish things in their lives that are important to those with the products and services that I offer? I have more to offer now than I did just as a mortgage broker. I can help those people that come to me and say, how do I get involved in real estate? I've got avenues for them to explore it. I've got this thing that this builder friend of mine wants to do. I've got avenues to explore it. I hope there's some builders out there that have heard this who haven't heard a legacy that are interested because I love working with builders, but I love working with all everybody. I just have that kind of affinity with having, you know, swung a hammer and, you know, poured concrete and stood in the mud. My favorite one was in a beat. St- I remember we were digging up and remodeling this place and we came across a, an old septic tank that had to be taken out. And, um, Somebody had to jump down in the septic tank and grab big pieces of concrete and throw them out. So we all stood there, the boss, everybody who's senior to me, and stared in there. And I said, well, who's going in there? And they all looked at me. <laughs> so you're the low end of the totem pole, man. So there, there I was. I, I, I put on some big Lowest rung on I the put ladder. on some big boots and jumped in. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You paid your dues. I, a few <laughs> times, yeah. So, you know, I wasn't prepared today to talk about much more than Landmark. Landmark... Um, international and the legacy and now we've got about 20 minutes left so i could think of something to talk about eric you have any questions about real estate don't ask me what it's going to do <laughs> well that's you know i think that's the the number one question that uh, is on people's Always. mind but you know you could just speculate for 20 minutes but you know i i don't know that that's particularly helpful no nah. uh, no nah, we're done with that yeah uh, any other questions about anything that has to do with regular real estate or home loans mortgage loans if you don't have them i'll, I'll, I'll think of something to talk about well i you know i th- i think one question would be you know we've heard about rates going down uh recently um and so the question i think for people looking at potentially refinancing is what current rate do they have where it makes sense financially? Oh. They're going to stick. They're going to stay in the the place they live for you know the foreseeable future, five, ten years at least. Uh, but you know they've already they got in, got a decent rate uh, to begin with, or at least they thought it was a decent rate. But compared to what's out there now, where what's that sweet spot where it makes sense? Well, that's a, I like that question because people ask it all the time, and there's a couple of different ways to approach it. First of all, in every case, I always say it's, it's a case-by-case basis. Now, some people say never refinance unless you can reduce your, your interest rate by X. I say, well, what if your loan's $2 million? You know, or, okay, so let's take real people. Most people don't have $2 million loans. I had a client who used to come in and refinance with me every time he could save 50 bucks a month. This guy was an avid investor every penny he saved he put he retired in his 50s because he was really good with his money and he said 50 bucks is 600 dollars a year times five years three thousand dollars and he would just work that that's how his mind worked so if you have let's just pretend today you had an interest rate on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage okay and it was four right yeah the first thing you say is what rate can i get today on the exact same loan Mm-hmm. without paying any closing costs out of my pocket. And we've had conversations about this before. That doesn't mean there's no closing costs because that's no such thing. 
you've probably heard me say this once or twice. Right. What it's done, it's, the closing costs are still there. The appraisal still gets paid. The inspector, I mean, the, the, the excuse me, the title company, everybody still gets paid. And mainly the bank. The bank takes the most amount of money. What they do is they build into the rate. So a higher rate, there's enough profit where they can use that profit to pay the closing costs. So my question would be, can we get you a rate of at least 3.875 without taking any money out of your pocket? Okay. Now, what's the savings? 20 bucks a month? 60 80 Now, everybody has a different view of what that's worth. Like sure. my, that one client, 50 He would do it for 25 He didn't care. Okay, so that's the first question is, can we get you a lower rate without any money coming out of your pocket? Now, if you want to take a lower rate than that, then you could pay some money out of your pocket. Then there's a recoup period. So as a general rule of thumb, for every eighth you go down in rate, there's an associated cost. And that's typically charged in eighth increments too. So let's say you go from four to 3.875. If that costs an 8% in fee, that would take you a year to get back. If it costs a quarter in fee, two years. Three eighths in fee, three years. Rough numbers, by the way, but close enough. Right. Now, the buy, if you take a, rates always come, there's no such thing as a, a mortgage rate. There's always a range of rates. And this is because that's how bonds are designed. The people, the money that goes, by the way, this is for 90% of loans. This is not for legacy loans. This is for Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA loans. They have a, there's a market called the bond market that people trade these as securities all the time. And then they, they filter them through different entities like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. So there's always a range of rates. Like now, oh, let's just say the range of rates is five to three. So that super high rate means there's a lot of profit to the bond investor. So they give you a credit at closing to use towards paying closing costs. The super low rate there's less money to the investor, right? So they're going to charge you up front for the privilege of having that lower rate. So as you go down the scale, let's just go from four to, say, 3.875, Eric. Now, if I lost you, are you okay on this? Because this, 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 this is the stuff that kind of glaze people's eyes over. I'll be honest. A lot of this it sounds like disclaimer to me, <laughs> Gray. Yeah, well. <laughs> like, and, and, you know, I guess what I initially with my question was looking for was, if you're paying a five percent mortgage rate, you definitely should refinance, right? Yeah. See, now I I have a, I have a I have a person I'm training right now at, at Legacy, and I asked her a couple of days ago. So, on a scale of zero, being the worst teacher you ever had, five or she's a three and a half. She says, "Why you go off on too many tangents?" <laughs> <laughs> I loved her for that. No, I I don't agree with that because I think you're really covering everything. Yeah, well, you're you're definitely. But she's right. Getting all the information. <laughs> I almost started telling you how the bond market works. Okay, so yeah, here's the question. How much money can you save per month? Yes. And not have any money in your pocket. If you want to go lower, do it. Okay. That's going from a fixed rate to a fixed rate. Well, some people might be on a fixed rate 30 year mortgage, but they're 10 years into it. Mm -hmm. And they say, well, then what about a 20 year mortgage? Compare it to a 20 year mortgage. Okay. So, whatever you're, but now that, that's a little problematic because if you, you're really comparing apples to oranges, but there is a way to do that. You say, okay, what would it, because if, if you take a, if you had 20 years left on your mortgage and got a new 30-year mortgage, at the exact same rate, your payment will go down. Because, right? So you'd have to compare the term over the same period of time. The 18, 20, that's how you figure that one out. Did that make sense to you? It did. Okay. Yeah. So some people say, well, I want to have the same or even a shorter term. The shorter the term on a loan, typically the less expensive the rate is. Rates the rate's the rate, but how much it costs. Now, some people might say, I have a client right now who's in a 5-1 adjustable. Maybe it's a 7-1 adjustable rate mortgage. And in 2000, well, I don't know, 21, it's going to adjust. So, but his rate's pretty low. It's like in the low threes or high twos. 
So we say, hmm, what should we do? Right now, adjustable rate mortgages are not, are, aren't priced any better than 30 mortgages, about the same. So you wouldn't want to take another adjustable mortgage. Should I, should I go up to a higher rate on a 30-year mortgage so I don't have to worry about two years from now? That's a judgment call all yeah. the time. And you, each one of them has to be looked at individually because you have to understand, for instance, the first thing I'd ask you is, well, how long do you plan to live in the house? Or how long do you have plan to own it? Right? Second thing I'd say, let's take a look at the exact, your actual current loan and how does it adjust? Because there's different types of ARM products. So they adjust in different ways. And we need to know how it's going to adjust. What's the likelihood of what, how, what, what, is, what are the most likely just at based on historical data, right? So some people want to refinance just because of that reason alone, Eric. Even though they might end up going from, say, three to three and a half, they don't want to worry about what happens in year, the two years from now. Right. Okay, so th- those are two refinance discussions. Yeah. If Another, you're on an adjustable, then you want mm-hmm. that steady. Right. It's not going to change. Right. Yeah. Another one is maybe, like I had a client recently who wanted to do a remodel on their house of about 70 grand. And second mortgage rates are high. A fixed rate second mortgage rate is like eight. And a line of credit is higher than a fixed rate mortgage. A line of credit is like a HELOC, home mm-hmm. equity, where you write a check against your house like a credit card, right? And you can use it over and over again. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Okay. All right. So audience, in case you're not, you can get loans that aren't there, the payment, it's like a credit card against your house, is the best way to put it. So every time you use it, you can pay it off and use it over again. The rate fluctuates monthly or any time that prime rate changes. There, there are some variations. So now in his case, he says, well, gee, I don't want that $70,000 that can, the rate could go up, up, and up. So we refinanced him just a slightly lower than his current rate. We, we put him in a new 10-year mortgage because that's what he had left and got him the 70000 bucks back that he needed to remodel, which was Good idea, right? So there's a third reason to refinance. You want money out, right? Make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Some people come to me and they say they got they got they're they they're they're on a they got a loan that's a 30 year mortgage and they got 20 years left on it, but they've got some reason why they want to improve their cash flow. Like all of a sudden we got kids going to school. Something. So they'll say, let's do this. Let's refinance, even if the rate stays exactly the same. We're always again, we're always uh, assuming that they're Fees are nothing out of pocket because that's that's the only way to make an apples to apples. And my payment will drop three hundred dollars. I'm okay with that. Most people say I don't want to raise I don't want to have my loan stretched out. I'm okay with that. I need the three hundred bucks a month for various reasons. Right. I can always pay the loan down faster if I want to. It's the same and rate it was if before. You have that money back. It's yeah. the same rate I had before, yep. but let's this is a cash flow thing. Yeah. So you talk about just lowering the rate lowering the rate, changing the term, getting out of an arm into a fixed. Or getting cash out to do something you want to do, and there, you know, there's other uh, financial reasons for that, of course. Like for, for instance, with taxes, how you can write off a mortgage, you can deduct mortgage while uh, your mortgage interest, I should say. So it does make sense, uh, you know, to, to continue I'm, I'm, your I'm mortgage. Burst your going a little I'm going to burst your bubble on that one. Okay, okay. That, that comes up a lot. If I gave you, um, what am I saying? If you if if what am I looking for? Okay, let's say say you pay a dollar in interest, and then the government gives you back thirty cents. Would you do that? It's better than not getting the thirty cents back. My point is, is you you never take interest on for this express purpose of wanting to write it off because it it should be outside of the formula. Okay. Fair enough. Because, I mean, it doesn't make sense to give one party a buck and have somebody give you back 30 cents. You're going backwards. So I would never want to take on interest so I could write it off. Sure. But if you need that money, 
uh, per month, as you in your example, the kids are going to school, and you don't care if your mortgage lasts a little longer because you've got a little bit more income. That's, I think, something that I would factor in just because it's, you, uh, you can. I mean, yeah, getting I, that a- yeah. extra cash and then also having yeah. a little bit of a rebate on your taxes. That makes a difference. Yeah, I actually have these spreadsheets. Call are, me crazy, but no, I, I think I, it I, is. It, it, you're getting way into the weeds here, but <laughs> I wrote these spreadsheets years ago where I can analyze all that you just talked about. Uh-huh. The true cost of the loan when you take principal, interest write-off, the opportunity cost if the money been invested elsewhere, da 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 Yeah. But I don't use those much anymore. I was mm-hmm. way too wonky back then. I was like just the, the spreadsheets... Well, this is why you're the pro, and I'm just the the guy asking well, yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I just, I, but I, I simplify things. Like people tell me all the time, I want to pay off my mortgage. Why? I don't want to pay interest. And I say, what's your rate? Four. I say, how long do you plan to keep the house? Ten years. I say, okay, if you had an extra thousand dollars a month, and you paid your mortgage down, what else could you do over the next ten years of that thousand bucks? Right. What do you mean? I said, well, if your rate's four percent, if you could get four percent someplace else. And, and have liquidity, that's better. If you can get 5% of liquidity, that's even better. So sometimes you have to kind of shift the way. The people, now, people, some people are debt-averse, though. They just don't like having debt. They don't care. So everybody's situation is different. You have to take in facts and figures and then take in temperament. You know, one person just doesn't like having debt. They don't care if it makes sense to have debt and invest the money someplace else. Other people won't invest the money someplace else. They won't do it. They'll spend it on big screens and cars. <laughs> so true. maybe it's better for them to get a 15-year mortgage so they don't have as much disposable income because there's no other way they're going to because they're forced to pay that mortgage payment. So your question was, when you should be financed? And you got a 15-minute long-winded answer. <laughs> but it, it's good. And we almost got into how the bond market works, but we didn't. That's okay. <laughs> that I, I think that's a whole nother show. No, nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> but no, that, thank you for a- answering that question. Yeah. So thank you for asking it because now it gave me something to only have like uh, – Seven minutes left to, you know, kind of riff here and figure something out. Uh, what else do you want to ask me? Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> Come up with something else. Sure. Oh, man. So um, let me think about what else could I like to bring up it's without having dead air. We don't want that. It's the worst thing in the world. Well, it sounds to me like I, re- I really just need to pay off my loans and, and get invested with legacy. What? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that sounds p- like the takeaway from this show because, Maybe. you know. Well, there's two parts to that. Of course, you could come in and say, "I want to, I want to, I want to invest fifty thousand bucks as long as you're an accredited investor." I forget what the requirements are. That I don't remember what it is. Okay, and that's your investor. Mm-hmm. Or you could be the builder out there right now. Says, "I'm looking for money, and I can't." I think I last time I was on talking to somebody in the similar. I didn't work for him. I had the story about the guy who found that lot that had the beautiful view over Lake Sammamish. Right, and he he didn't have a way to put it together, but he knew he used to be a builder, but he didn't have his license anymore. He knew if he could put it together, he'd make a million bucks. Well, I found him alone. It wasn't through Legacy. I didn't even know who Legacy was at that point. Right. And um, I found him alone. He didn't make a million, but over f- two years, he made 400000 Not bad. And that was on the side because he runs a financial planning firm. So it worked out. Now, he was paying rates in the 12% range. People say, why would you pay that? Because I made $400,000. Right. Either these or that or not make the money. Because nobody else is going to lend it to me. No bank's going to. Mm-hmm. My grandma didn't have it. You know, Eric and Greg don't have it. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Yeah. Now those things also, you know, there's some risk involved, but that's, you know, that's a part of a good company like Le- Legacy. They they try to really, you know, determine those risks in advance, but things can go wrong. That's, that's part of the deal. So today, a recap. I started out the show telling you that I made a ch- I'm making a change moving from Loanzilla Mortgage to Legacy Group Mortgage, and my phone number hasn't changed, 206-250-6545. Be happy to answer any questions that have to do with home loans, home selling homes, buying homes. I'm licensed as a loan originator and as a real estate broker. And I'm moving over to Legacy, where my email now is Greg M. that's G-R-E-G-M, at LegacyG.com. The Legacy website, if you want to find out more about us, is LegacyG.com. And I started the show also by saying that I had a transformational experience, which I'm not being facetious about. It truly was. If anybody's listening out there today and just thinks, man, how could I get unstuck? Or how could I have a happier relationship? Or how could I get past this thing that always seems to come up and get in the way? you got to check out Landmark. It's just remarkable. The tools, the approach, the community they, that they provide, the support, and I will dare say the love. It was just a room full of loving people. took a while to get there because they're all strangers, but by the end of it, you know, hugs, <laughs> friendships, uh, and I've developed some great friends already. Just truly one of, if if not the most fantastic experience in my life, those three days. So let me just think of some wonky stuff to talk about. Um, Home lending rules. Has anything changed? Oh, yeah, there's some shakeup that's been going on for a couple months about the constitutionality of the CFPB, Consumer Finance Protection Board, which was formed as a part of the Dodd-Frank Financial Reform Act in 2010 to try and protect these horrible banks and mortgage brokers from ripping people off. And uh, there's a movement, particularly amongst people on the right, to um, try to get rid of it. They think it's unconstitutional because it doesn't answer to a constitutional authority. Um, that's a little, I'm a little vague on that, but that's an interesting development. Um, let's see. I'm trying to pull some news stuff out of my hat. By the way, I don't wear a hat, but, um, if I did have one, I'm trying to pull some interesting news for the listener (laughs) about the market. Interest rates are pretty stable. Not much change one way or the other. If you're thinking about refinancing and you just want to hang tight, talk to your loan originator about a strategy for how to do it. Remember, there's no such thing as a no closing cost loan. That is a myth. And you shouldn't, in my opinion, if somebody tells you no closing cost loan, ask them to be specific. If they're not, then you're dealing with somebody who isn't being 100% straight with you, and that's your choice, but I work with people who are straight with me. Also, I'm going to make a plug for United Wholesale Mortgage. I was back there in, well, last year, 18 for three days, and then they took me back for training uh, in September this year. Oh, this is an interesting tidbit. So in roughly 2007... of all home loans were obtained by consumers through people like Loanzilla, me, when I had McKim Mortgage, um, Legacy Mortgage. And by by 2008 or 2009, it dropped to 6%. We're on the upswing again. We're at 20%. And I learned this from being over at the United Wholesale Mortgage Training. So what's what's that mean to you as a consumer? It's a general rule consumers like working with mortgage brokers more than they like working directly with banks. Why? Because they're dealing with Local people that they that they that they 
and, and, and people like working local. The other is that we have more options. You know, if you go to one a, a bank, let's just go to Bank X, they have their loan products. If you come to a broker, we've got dozens of lenders that we deal with. We can find you a product. The other reason that it's growing is that loan originators, people like me, prefer working for brokers. We're just more of a family. It's not a big banking institution. We seem to actually care about our communities more. And we, see, we, we, you know, we, 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 we deal with people that we know and grew up with, and we're part of the local community. So I'm going to beseech and, and ask everyone who ever gets a home loan who's listening to the show right now, anytime you're thinking about getting a home loan, seek out a mortgage broker. It's better for the world. <laughs> you know, I, Eric, of course, I have a thing against big banks because they're the ones that basically drove us into that economic downturn. It was, that's no joke. Exactly. You know, just, yeah. just, just really despicable practices, and they haven't stopped doing it. No, they haven't. <laughs> and <laughs> they, I, I didn't bring any, haven't. but I mean, there's isn't a day that go by that I don't get a news brief because I'm subscribed to all kinds of services. How yeah. much time I got? You got about three minutes. Three minutes that that I don't see something. I didn't bring him in today. That just just I go not again. Wells Fargo did this. Bank of America did this. It's just like when are they ever going to stop? The problem is, is that the fines and things that they are, that they that they they levy against them, the regulators, they're just a slap on the wrist. Right. If you're a company who made say I don't let's just pull a number out of thin air, a uh, billion dollars last year. And you get fined, you know, five hundred thousand uh, dollars. Who cares? It's not a big deal. Cost new business. I'm sure they sit around, and they pencil it out. Probably. Yeah, it's kind of like that. That years and years ago, there was this. Well, there's, there is GM. It, it turned out knew that these cars were dangerous. I forget what they were, and that, that a certain amount of people would die from them. They built it into their calculations how they would uh, how the profitability of it. There were emails went back and forth. Big uproar about it. What a terrible way to deal with business. Yeah, I don't like it. And that's why I ask people, to, don't work with big banks. Now you say, well, Greg, you get your money from the big banks. No, we don't. We get our money from, from, from medium-sized banks that are really dedicated to the mortgage brokerage channel because they understand that it's really better for the consumer to have a vast variety of choices to get money from rather than just four or five big banks. It's, more, it's, it's better for the economy. It's more balanced. So I figured out a couple different things to fill the air with. I'm getting pretty good at this after almost a year. <laughs> Didn't come in too prepared today. So how much time we got left? <laughs> we, we, we've got uh, about 90 seconds, but you don't have to talk for to, that. I don't have to fill it up. Time, so no. thank you for listening. Again, Greg McKim, Home Talk. This is the show where I typically talk about anything that has to do with homes from soup to nuts. I don't always get into personal growth and personal fulfillment and enlightenment. But I did a little of that today because isn't that what life's really all about? That's okay, especially yeah. on this station. And one more time, how people can get a hold of you for anything that you talked about today. Oh, you can talk about anything. Uh, my mobile, 206-250-6545. And my new email, gregm at legacyg.com. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful, wonderful life. See ya. <laughs>